Welcome in to the Bill Michael Show. We are glad you're with us on this Monday, a victory Monday. Not only is it a victory in the sense that the Packers beat the Bears, but they eliminated the Bears from any postseason mathematical hope at this point, and they are now the winningest franchise in NFL history. They take over that top spot. There you go. Beyond that, well, you know, now you got to figure some things out about the remainder of your season. Uh, we're going to talk with Eric Branchek at the Green Bay Press-Gazette coming up here momentarily. Going to chat with him. Uh, also, also, uh, we're going to find out, as uh, Ben Kenny, as we all know, is from Philadelphia, why he wanted to uh, go rogue and whoop Santa's ass. We're going to talk about that coming up in just a few. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. 877-867-1670. Uh, real quick, uh, Eloy, E-L-O-Y, Eloy says, uh, hey, unit, did you make it down to the Waukesha Christmas Parade? I, You know what? I didn't. I was in Chicago. Uh, I didn't get back until late last night. So I had heard it was a terrific turnout. It was an emotionally charged, great event. Uh, kudos to everybody in Waukesha one year after the parade tragedy. I am so thrilled. I, I do want to get down there at some point this week. Uh, and support some of the local businesses down there. But I heard many of you went. I saw some stuff on Facebook uh, about it, some stuff on Instagram about it. But uh, to everybody that went and enjoyed it, uh, kudos to you. That that was fantastic. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, like I said, I know it was emotional, and I know it's probably a, a little bit of anxiety-driven, but uh, t- tremendous for everybody to, to head down there. That was That was neat. You know, not only do you get a chance to, you know, to head down to some of those businesses and watch the Packers beat the Bears, but then on top of it, you get to you get to go back to, I guess, a, a sense of normalcy again. So, but uh, just tremendous, tremendous stuff. Good, good stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Uh, would love to have you on the program. Also, uh, coming up here, like I mentioned, we're going to get Eric Branchek. Uh, the Green Bay Press-Gazette will chat with him about what he saw yesterday and some of the thoughts moving forward. Um, the uh, the updated playoff picture, as we were talking about this before, um, it went from uh, six per- – the Packers' chances to make the postseason went from 6%, which actually ESPN had it at 2%, but uh, the mock thing says 6% to now 11.5%, 11.5%. 11.5% to uh, get the Packers into the postseason. So it got a little better. Not great, but it got a little better. You know, you take it. Take it for what it is right now, you know? Uh, let's do this. Let's talk a little bit more about it. Eric Branchek, the Green Bay Press-Gazette, joining us uh, on the hotline. And, uh, Eric, it wasn't pretty, but you take it, especially against a team that had been putting up. The, they, the last two games the Bears played prior to the Packers, they didn't offensively do too much. But the three games prior to that, they were putting up 28 and 30 points and 30-plus points. So at least the Packers in the first half, while they looked bad, they regrouped and only gave up three points in the second half. Maybe there's a positive there. Yeah, I would say. Uh, you know, the other thing, too, is to, to dial up the Bears and say, how come you stop running Justin Fields? Because he, uh, uh, he was having a field day, use the pun, uh, at the beginning of the game, and then they just went away from it. For whatever mm-hmm. reason, I don't understand. It was working, but whatever. Um, you know, the Bears did a nice job of, of uh, 
of making sure the Packers were going to have to slow it down and uh, run the ball and, and throw short passes to get beat, and they did. So, you know, hats off to them. Good job. Yeah, the uh, the, the Packers in the first half kind of there. I, I didn't understand the play call on some of the third and fourth and shorts. Uh, the going forward on fourth down, I get it. They were kind of in no man's land, but I still thought you could have pinned the Bears back deep in their own territory with a really good kicking coverage. Uh, it seemed like there was this level of desperation, like they had to have it, and they were just scrambling for anything. Give me your thoughts on some of the play calling and some of those <laughs> short yardage situations and the necessity to always go way downfield. Well, you got the four-timer MVP playing quarterback, and the only thing that I can explain it is you don't get to be a four-time MVP by being checked down Charlie. And, um, you know, we all sit there and we all are sitting in front of that, watching the same game together, and you see guys at the sticks or right before the sticks or, you know, that's a more high-percentage throw, and that ball goes sailing downfield, and I don't understand it either. I don't think that's the, what it was called in the huddle. I don't think you go on fourth and one and say, hey, or fourth and three or whatever and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to wing this one downfield. I, I just think that that's the mindset of the quarterback, and that's what he's going to do. He's a four-time MVP, and, you know, check down Charlie's don't get MVPs. The uh, the running game looked pretty good. Uh, I know that they were trying to get uh, A.J. Dillon a little bit more lathered up, and then obviously after the shin injury, uh, you know, Aaron Jones, he went out of the game for a bit, came back. They didn't use him as much, especially in the, the last couple of drives, though, I thought were textbook. You know, they had him under center. They had him in shotgun. They mixed it up really well, a couple of quick outs, a couple of runs, a couple of downfield passes. It That was like that's the way the offense was supposed to flow, right? Correct. And – for some reason, it gets kind of like I don't I don't want to say out of control, but it, it just loses focus um, with what they're doing. And I just, you know, when they're pounding the ball and play action passes working, I don't understand why they go. What's coming in from the sideline, or uh, if that's what the quarterback is doing, it's hard to say, and nobody will ever answer you or give you the right answer. You know, everyone, no one. You know, make up some stuff, but um, you know, I, I don't understand it either. But I, you know, hey, they put a buck seventy-five on the ground, and it looked pretty good. The Bears, and, you know, hats off to the Bears on on their defense. They played pretty sticky coverage with two guys over the top, rushing only four guys the entire game. So you know, they they thumbed their nose um, at the Packers' running game, and it ended up beating them. The uh, I want to go to Jair Alexander. I'm watching Jair play yesterday. He gave up the long ball to Equinemius St. Brown. Really, had, he called him a scrub, man, which I thought was, wow, you know, for a guy that beat you. But give me your thoughts on Jair because I'm watching a lot of people just get after Jair. And I said, hey, sometimes it's not the plays you make. It's the ones that don't even get thrown your way. That's how good you are. And I know Jair gets has given up a couple of passes, but he's not having a terrible season, right? No, I mean, look at, hey, you know, you got the pick, which was a huge pick, a huge part in the game. And then a lot of people in the third quarter, is a beginning part of the third quarter, there was a, that, uh, it was on third down, and there was a bubble screen to Claypool, and he just smoked them, you know, for minus four yards. Those are the plays that, 
you know, I think a lot of people look over their look, look over because those are plays that are huge plays. Uh, you know, obviously the interception, but you know what? He was playing aggressive, and I I think honestly, here's a a defense that's kind of you know been under the gun all season long, and they're not playing well. You sometimes take a few chances that you probably won't normally make, and just just to try to make a play. And, you, and sometimes you get beat, and you got he got beat on uh, you know the one um, where he got beat up the, uh, on the uh, uh, out route. Or the, it was a in cutter. He jumps it, and they, you know, turned it upfield for a big game. Could have been a touchdown, but he got up there and made a tackle. I thought that was that was okay. You know, you're going to get some of those. You got to take the good with the bad. Um, and you know, I I just think there's so much part of his game that people aren't don't even realize. You get he gets gives one up every once in a while, but there are so many times that he comes up and fills in the run game or or takes out receivers for little or no gain. Um, you know, for instance, that Claypool play, that was a great play. And, you know, no one's talking about that, but they talk about the two, the two plays that it gets over the top. The uh, I, the return of uh, Devondre Campbell, I thought it was good to see him roaming the middle again. There were some things they could do differently. A uh, little more short tackling when he did get the opportunities. But Devontae Wyatt, I watched him specifically yesterday. If he ever learns how to really get a move to get off and off of an offensive lineman, he will be really good uh, because he just flows to the football. He's got good speed. Now he's not going to, you know, grab a four three guy and drag him to the ground, but he's just got good speed and good eyes and 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 a, and a good tenacity. But he just man, when he gets locked up, he is done. He is no longer a part of the play at all, is he? No, and that's that's going to be a you know some time in the weight room. He's got to get a little bit more upper body strength and, and quite frankly, technique to be able to sink his hips and get out from underneath those, 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 upper, those things that happen. But you're right off the ball. He's pretty good. Um, he does flow well, but you're, you know, what it was different in his game or what yesterday than, you know, earlier in the season is he's not peaking so much. So he's playing with a better pad level. But he's got to learn to sink those hips a little bit, and then he's going to need—he needs a little bit more uh, uh, time in the weight room to get some upper body strength, so he can push, so he can fight through some of those hand fights um, and be able to get off of blocks. I know they were all six targets yesterday and only three catches for Christian Watson, but um, when I look at the rest of this, it was basically the use of Aaron Jones out of the backfield, Dylan out of the backfield. I—I I know that he likes Lazard. Because Lazard's a crisp route runner, and he knows where he's going to be, and there's that trust level there. But there are just times when it, it's almost like they're looking and looking and looking and looking and looking for Lazard. He's just not open. I, I Can you tell me why they don't involve Robert Tanyan more? No, I don't. I've asked the same question for about 12 weeks here. I don't understand it because I, I think he is uh, really good at the intermediate passes. He doesn't drop much. And I don't know why they don't send him up the scene more often. It seems like he can run even after the injury. He can still run. I, I, I'm just flabbergasted by that. And, um, you know, because with, with Lazard, what are you going to get? He's going to catch the ball, but he falls off. I mean, that's, that's it. And, then, and so mm-hmm. I don't see um, – and I know that <clears throat> with Rodgers, you know, it's kind of like that's his security blanket is Lazard. But at some point, um, you know, I guess when I look back at, at Rodgers – the only other tight end that he really threw to was uh, Finley. 
and that was, you know, such a long time ago. I don't know why, because, you know, most offenses, when you're struggling, your tight end is your friend, and, you know, I, I don't understand it, but, you know, I'm not in the rooms <clears throat> doing that, but to me, it makes much more sense to get him involved in the game and then open things up on the outside. So I, I'm going to ask you a defensive question real quick, and then I'll let you go. But looking at the front, Kenny Clark, obviously it starts with him, Jerron Reed, uh, TJ Slayton, Devontae Wyatt, Dean Lowry. Who is your next best defensive lineman after Kenny Clark? That's a really good question. Um, Production-wise, Jaron Reed, um, kind of that run, you know, it, you know, it, it, I like Lowry uh, in the run game because he's usually pretty technically sound. and <clears throat> He drops his knees on the double, um, I, I, you know, I like that part. But it's funny that you asked me that question because yesterday uh, during the game, I was uh, – Pete and I were texting – and I'm like, you know, the number one need for this team next year, a draft need, is defensive tackle. they got to get a big guy, either through the draft or through free agency. I'm a big believer in you're, if you're going to run, if they're going to be in this nickel defense as much as they are, you got to have two big guys inside and length on the outside. And they kind of got that, and they got it with <clears throat> but. They don't have the good big guys in front, and they—that's one of the things that um, they're going to need to do—is get a big guy, other than Clark, that is going to demand the double team when they're in their nickel. So that, because, because, you know, Quay Walker isn't going to fight through any blocks. At least he hasn't shown it this year. Maybe he'll he'll get it'll change next year. But you got to keep linebackers. Uh, free if you're going to be a really good running run stopping team and, and it takes two mm-hmm. two big guys to do it and they don't have it i watched that yesterday and first of all a lot of times they're running only two down linemen anyway so it's a kind of a moot point but i just kept thinking to myself when you're getting beat in the trenches and your your linebackers getting locked up you're not, you don't have a lot of support and I th- really had to think about that. Is Devontae Wyatt going to develop into that guy? Do you go after another big guy? Or is, you know, because I, TJ Slate and I watch him, and he he's hit or miss, man. It's, there's sometimes he's right there, and there's other times he's down three, five yards down the field getting blown up. Dean Lowry, I think he's a work dog, but he's just a guy. They need another guy. They need. A, I agree with you. They need another body that's going to require, other than just everybody crashing down on Kenny Clark. They need another guy. And man, I don't. I don't care if you get it in free agency or you get it in the draft. You got to develop something there. So good stuff as always, my friend. I appreciate it, and we'll uh, we'll talk again soon. Enjoy the uh, the Packers free weekend. Yeah, I know. The bad news is now my wife's going to make me do a bunch of stuff around the house, but uh, I'll have to come up with something <laughs> to get me not to do all that work. Good stuff. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right. You take care. Thank you very much. There you go. Eric Baranchek, the Green Bay Press-Gazette, joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. I agree with him. You know, I'm sitting there watching in the trenches yesterday, and I'm thinking, after Kenny Clark, and I watched Kenny Clark a couple of times. He gets either double teamed. There was a couple of times he got locked up, and he was just basically stalemated at the line of scrimmage. But for the most part, he'll they'll dictate some of the blocking towards him. But I'm sitting there watching, like, who's the next guy? You know, Lowry will show a flash and it goes away. Reed will show a flash, goes away. Slayton, eh, you know, I, I've seen him. He gets the the one tackle when he comes up and he flexes, and then after that, 
He's got his back turned to the play. He's five yards downfield, an offensive lineman pounding him like a nail going into a two-by-four. I'm like, oh, okay, there's not much there. Who's the next guy? And that answered my question. He sees the same thing. as you, you got to get another guy. Got to get another guy. And when you do, that will then free up Quay Walker, Devondre Campbell, Rashawn Gary when he comes back, Preston Smith, and your defense should be marked a little better. 877-867-1670. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Burn Pit Barbecue. BurnPitBBQ.com. That is BurnPitBBQ.com. Great people. Veteran-owned right here in the state of Wisconsin. And they do have gift boxes available for the griller and the barbecue sauce and the rub and, and the hot sauce lover in your life. And they can package it all up. Go to BurnPitBBQ.com. That is BurnPitBBQ.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What's going through your mind early, though, when EQ does get the big catch against Uh, none. I was like, man, it's scrub. he a scrub. I can't believe I let him catch that on me. But, you know, hats off to him because he did, did make a good catch. The words of Jair Alexander. Call him a, str- a scrub. Oh, there you go. Called uh, EQ. Equinemia St. Brown a scrub. There you have it. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. The question is, we've been asking it all day. And there's other stuff we want to talk about. Uh, but the question is, uh, do you want to see the Packers... Remain relevant, you know, continue to fight, continue to try, continue to play hard, uh, to continue to win, keep their mathematical hopes alive. They went from 6% up to 11.5% uh, possibility of making it into the postseason. Do you want to see them keep it alive? Or would you rather see the Jordan Love era begin? 877-867-1670. By the way... Uh, some breaking news out of the world of baseball. Justin Verlander heading to the Mets. $86 million for two years. Guaranteed. $43 million a year. Boy, is baseball getting ridiculous. Wow. They're <laughs> funny, the Mets. Yeah. They're, they're trying to recreate the 2012 Tigers. Ah, uh, it just... Well, the Mets are doing anything and everything they can to try and win, but it's like, come on, man. Just the money that's being tossed out is like, there's no way the Packers, or excuse me, the Brewers can even, could could consider that. You know what I mean? Yeah. In this case, it might be for the better, but yes, I I totally do. It's because, I mean, Stephen Cohen, it's guys like that where he has unlimited money to throw around. Right, And then a lot of the contracts end up being stupid, but that's okay. There's no penalty for signing stupid contracts. You just sign more of them. It's just, you know, it's one thing if you have, like, the Packers can't afford certain players because they don't have that kind of cap space. Okay. They're they're in a situation where they've paid their players. But when you have this and you just, you can't even get into the mix if you wanted to, it's, it's, 
it, it baseball is in a very, very, very sad state. And I know we always hear this crying poor mouth from small market teams. You know, but when you're a team like the Mets and you're just like, you know what, we're close. Let's just go buy a guy for $43 million a year. and Which, for a guy that plays every five days, that makes the, the what is the albatross around the neck of this franchise and the Milwaukee Brewers, that makes the, the Christian Yelich contract, first of all, look like chump change. But secondly, you realize how far away from even being financially competitive you are because the chump change contract is the one that you own, and that's the one that's dragging you down. So you couldn't even think about going after a guy like Verlander for $43 million a year because you can't afford a guy that doesn't perform at $28 million, $29 million a year. That, that's, that's like that big white glove slap across the face of reality of wake up. Baseball's in a really wicked state, man. It's crazy. I mean, DeGrom did just come off the books. Not that this isn't insane, ridiculous no, I get money. That, yeah, but put it this way: even if Christian Yelich just came off the books, the, the 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 Brewers can't afford that. You know, at least they traded Colton Wong. Well, I want to get into that too. They traded away Colton Wong. Uh, let's do this. I want to. I do want to get back to the phone calls, talking some Packers football, but I do want to get back into the Colton Wong stuff that happened on Friday. Uh, let's go to Chris, listening to us in my backyard here in Brookfield. Chris, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Go on, buddy. I see the pictures of happening? you in Chicago. I wish I could have joined you for some cocktails. It looked like you had a good time. It was great. It was a blast, and uh, and Kristen kind of set it all up, so we had a really, really fun time, no doubt. Yeah, whenever you let the ladies be in charge, you're bound to have a good time. Right. I completely but, agree. But, uh, Slap my ass uh, with a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I, I, I'd like to come back yesterday. That was that was great. It gave us uh, glimpses of what Watson might be. I mean, he's looking really good. I'm not going to annoy him Hall of Famer, but he's looking real good. But as far as the rest of the season, I want him to play as hard as they can. Uh, if they uh, win out, uh, we already know Rodgers can't take us to the promised land after the last couple of years. Plus, uh, we learned that in 14 when he uh, couldn't do it against uh, Seattle. But uh, you already know my thoughts on, on Rodgers. But right. I would love to see him finish out strong and hard. I'd like to see uh, Alexander shut his mouth and get back to playing the football that earned him the contract instead of uh, being what he's been doing, mouthing off, making stupid comments after being burnt twice. Cause so what if he had a pick? He's one mm-hmm. of the, he's had some of the fewest picks for the highest-paid contract in the NFL, hasn't he? I mean, he hasn't picked the ball yeah. off that many times. So and he, and he never was a guy that got a lot of picks. Right, I mean, I Chris, he, he he was a guy that never came into the league thinking you were going to you know rack up picks like Neon Dion. This was a guy that just is a good cover corner, and that's it. Yeah, and he used to be able to tackle. I mean, everybody yeah. wants to say he essentially got hurt against the Pittsburgh tackle against Harris, but even when you look at that tackle, everybody says, "Oh, that was a form tackle." No, it wasn't. That was Jari once again. Leaving his feet, diving, leaning with his shoulder, curling his body, but when that big old back hit him full steps with his thighs and knees and his shoulder, that's a cracked it. If he would have went straight at him and wrapped him up, he wouldn't have been hurt. So mm-hmm. that, that's my thought on that. But I would like to see the Packers finish strong, play as best they can. If they get eliminated, then I'd like to see some more Tory and Hobbs, and I'd like to see some love just to see what he's got. Heck, even if Rodgers stays, 
if uh, love shines real good and you don't see him as your future, you might get some uh, draft picks for him for teams that might need a quarterback come this spring. So it doesn't right. hurt to get more games with him. I mean, no, if you're I agree with that. Eliminated, go for it. You know? Yeah, no, I that I agree with, and appreciate the phone call, Chris. Thanks for listening here in Brookfield on the Big Nine Twenty uh, out of Milwaukee. Um, I appreciate the fact that yes, if you're mathematically eliminated, you need to figure out some things with Jordan Love. I I, I understand that. You know what you have behind closed doors. What you're stating is is 100% correct for those that want to see him. It's not for the fans to go, ah, well, you, we got to see him. No, they know what they have up in Green Bay. It's what you want is other teams to see him to go, okay, wait a minute. We saw him get starters reps against the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs last year. He didn't look great. Remember, Aaron Rodgers came out of that situation with COVID toe, whatever he did, whatever he banged on a you know coffee table or something, and he didn't take starters reps pretty much the remainder of the season until maybe the last week or so going into the postseason. But it was all Jordan Love. So Jordan Love was getting all the starters reps, and he knew he was going to play in the second half of that game against Detroit. Didn't look good there. So the only two times we really had to see Jordan Love getting quality playing time didn't look great. And then he gets the two series against Philadelphia and looked pretty good. Looked like he had a little more command, a little more zip, a little more assurance on the ball. And you thought, okay, maybe there's something there. And now there's this cry, well, he's the next coming. Well, don't be stupid. You hang on. You just say, okay, we need to see more of that. But what you want to see is to put yourself in position to say we're either going to keep him because we believe he's matured and he's grown and he can be the next guy or to let other teams see him and say, wait a minute. So what you've got on film right now is a couple of series against Philadelphia. You're like, ah, it's not too bad. He's grown. The one thing you don't want is to say, okay, you're mathematically eliminated. Jordan Love, you're going to be the starter this week. Jordan Love gets all the starter reps, and then he goes out against, you know, Detroit, or he goes out against Minnesota or whomever, and he just looks bad again. And then it just hurts anything that you were thinking of doing with him in the offseason. It hurts that for him contractually, and it hurts it for you for draft choices. So you want him to go out and perform extremely well. That's what you're hoping for. 877-867-1670. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hey, it was a great day yesterday. I had mentioned in Waukesha, I had quite a few people that after I had talked about it, kind of emailed me that uh, they went downtown. I saw some that were over at uh, the House of Guinness, a couple of them up the street at Chef Pam's Bakery, but they had quite a few that uh, said, hey, we took your advice and stopped in to the nice ash. What a great place. Uh, this is from uh, Kathy and Jason. Uh, what a great place. Uh, what a good bunch of people. Uh, Haley, the bartender, was fantastic. Uh, we will definitely be back. I love hearing that. Not only is it a you know local business there, but uh, just you know love it when people kind of take the advice, go someplace that we recommend, and then you know uh, ha- have a good experience. So good stuff, and we certainly appreciate. It. I know they certainly appreciate it. Uh, Joette, the owner down there, and her staff uh, just said uh, you know wanted to say thanks for everybody that showed up to the Waukesha Christmas Parade yesterday. So really good stuff down there. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. What are you looking for? What are you looking for when it comes to uh, the Green Bay Packers moving forward? 
What are you looking for? And uh, this one's from uh, Joe. Joe says, uh, I'd love to see this team make it into the postseason just to see what they could do. At least get one more crack at it. We all know anything can happen. Uh, For this team to just founder now after getting a couple of wins uh, would be somewhat disappointing. I do want to see what Jordan Love has to offer, but I'm not in it for a higher draft choice. God knows this team hasn't proven they can take a number one draft choice or even somebody in the top five and create something incredibly special. You're not going to find a lot of Hall of Famers in the first round on this team. Uh, Goody has proven that he can pick the first two or three guys, but after that, it is a crapshoot at best. Look at the drafts from 2017-2018 and, and even part of 2019. They're not very good. His track record has to be making him swallow a little bit harder because he's got to have Mark Murphy now looking over his shoulder saying, do I really trust you to fulfill a roster by simply the draft? Appreciate uh, appreciate the email. 877-867-1670. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Talk to our buddy Gerard listening to us in Delaware. Gerard, what's going on today, man? How you doing? Hey, hey Bill. Uh, they, had, they, they uh, in my opinion, what they should do is play hard but lose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I want to draft choices. But, uh, look, it looks like Goody does a lot better in free agency, doesn't it, than he does in the uh, draft? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you think so? By first, looking first couple of rounds in free agency, right? yep. First couple of rounds in yeah, free agency, right? have, heck yeah. So here, here's look. I, Love's not going anywhere. Look, he's athletic. He got a good arm, and with their running game, he's going to look better than than what people might think he's going to be. I think he's going to be decent. Believe it or not, I have that feeling. Now the key is if Rogers is coming back next year. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the whole key. If he is. Then you got to go out. Now it looks like the uh, Washington um, uh, team is going to uh, not sign Deron Payne because he's going to cost them a bundle of money. I don't think they're going to be able to franchise him or whatever they call that anyway. But he is the key. The Packers got to get rid of a lot of these guys that are not doing anything, and they have to sign him to put him next to Kenny Clark. He's a dominant dominant defensive tackle he's young they got it they really got to go after this guy and even if they do franchise him they got to try to make a trade for this guy he's a key because if Mm -hmm. you do not have two good defensive tackles to keep these guys off your two linebackers that don't hit at the line of scrimmage they're good chase guys but they do not they're not thumpers they're not i've seen i saw campbell yesterday line up four or five times uh, and hit the wrong and hit the wrong hole, okay. And we know Walker. Maybe Walker get paid. We don't know, okay. Uh, Devontae Wyatt. We don't know. You got to keep him anyways when you draft right. us. But all the rest of them, we don't know what's going to happen to Gary. Now Gary's coming back. Look how long it took the other two our two offensive linemen to try to recover from ACL. Right, so right. we don't know what's going to happen with Gary. Okay, Smith's not getting younger, right? So mm-hmm. we got to go out and do something like this if they're going to keep Rodgers. Because there's no sense in keeping Rodgers if you're not going to do something with this defense. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, I completely sense. agree, yeah. Yep. You know? So, so you know, you're keeping a 40, 39, 40-year-old 40 guy in order to go for it. If you're not going to do that, you're just fooling the fans. And this is what what bothered me. And if you think Verlander's contract is, it's not that bad when you think about it in the big picture. He's older. You only want him for two years. The the Grom contract is ridiculous. Five years. The guy never pitches. Hundred eighty five million dollars. 
You mm-hmm. want these pitchers for two years. That's it. So you're only putting out there eighty something million dollars only, but only putting out there eighty six million dollars for a guy that has his resume when you have a team that you're going for it. See, that's the difference. Yeah, no, so I agree with that. My my point, if you can afford it and you can do it, I, in a heartbeat, I do that. For only a couple of years, yeah, you're not tied to it. My point is is that if you're the Brewers, you can't even think about that for two years, even if you're trying to go for it. You see, I'm a St. Louis Cardinal fan, and they have Goldschmidt and Arenado, who are not getting younger. So in my opinion, they have to go out and start to do something like this. Okay. Because they're close, but they need a couple of big pieces. You see, where the mm-hmm. Brewers, that's a different situation. Right. I don't know what they're going to do with that franchise. I mean, I, you know, I'm not a Brewer fan, obviously, but but I understand. If I was a Brewer fan, I would be very frustrated. Yeah, right now, I appreciate the phone <laughs> call, Gerard. The show. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's straight. He's right. Uh, but that's a great point because you're kind of, as a Brewers fan, you're at a little bit of a crossroads. You're not quite sure what direction you're going to end up going. Uh, you know, I heard uh, Andrew Wagner a little bit earlier today um, that um, you were kind of hoping for maybe a big deal for a catcher with the Blue Jays at this point. And maybe, just maybe, um, you're able to go in a direction to say, okay, we got our first baseman. You pick up Jesse Winker, um, you know, uh, the outfielder Jesse Winker and an infielder Abraham Toro. Uh, you pick those guys up. Maybe you got yourself your first baseman, another outfielder. You've got a guy that, you know, can get the job done. And then maybe you make another deal to pick up one of the uh, one of the catchers that Toronto has, and suddenly you're all of a sudden bolstered. And then you just have to kind of pick up bullpen guys and figure out because you don't have to get rid of your your starter. You don't have to get rid of Cor- Corbin Burns or Woodruff for that matter right now. But the you know, they they traded Wong and uh, an outfielder Hunter Renfro, both of whom uh, were one year from free agency. So maybe you all of a sudden just kind of rolled it all over and got in got some talent. You catch lightning in a bottle. Who knows? You know. But you're you're at a little bit of a crux right now. You know, Wong was that two time Gold Glove winner. He had a career best fifteen home runs for the Brewers, and, and and they had picked up that ten that ten million dollar option on him in November. Then they trade him away, but it, it still it looked like he just didn't hit for the average he normally would have. He wasn't getting on base certainly the way he did in the past. He wasn't hitting near the top of the lineup consistently anymore the way he did a couple of years ago. And then his glove started to fail a little bit. You didn't you saw some uncharacteristic errors out of him this season. So all in all, not a bad deal. Uh, I was kind of surprised they picked up the option on him anyway, but then they turned that option into a, a trade for for some more talent. So I, I was kind of excited to see that. Uh, normally I don't like to see guys that you go ahead and invest in go, but that was, I thought it was a pretty good deal. That was a pretty good deal. Uh, let's do this. We're woefully late for a break. Got to get to it. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. <laughs> 
now in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers beat the Bears 28-19 here at Soldier Field. Packers rookie receiver Christian Watson scored two more touchdowns, one on a 14-yard pass and another on an end run that went 46 yards for a touchdown with under two minutes left to play. Watson says he got help with a key block from wide receiver Sammy Watkins. To be honest, if I see nothing in front of me, I, you know, it's, it's looking pretty good. Exactly what I saw. I saw no one. Uh, I saw the corner go in with, with Sammy on, on his little crack block. And, you know, I knew if the, if the corner is not coming off, there's no one that's that's going to make the play from the inside. Packers receiver Alan Lazard. I think the Bears just, you know, really lined up wrong, um, honestly, because I was on the other side of the field, kind of a two-way play, whatever. And I just had a really good sense that we weren't going to run the ball the other way just because of how they were lined up and everything. And I believe they were in man coverage. So uh, once we motioned them, they kind of got lost. And then with speed like that, it's hard to catch up. The Bears jumped out to an early lead and at one point led 16-3 to before halftime. Bears head coach Matt Eberflus says, though, he he had some issues at fullback. To start the game, uh, Kari Blessingham was ill. Um, he was ill last night, and that's why we had to put him down, just so uh, everybody knows that. He's instrumental of our offense. You know, being able to do all the lead blocking and all the different things that we do. Um, the offense coaches did a really good job of getting Wesco ready to go because he's our he's our guy that really steps into that role. You know, and then uh, Wesco gets hurt. Packers running back A.J. Dillon had 18 carries for 93 yards and a key touchdown at the start of the fourth quarter. Dillon on the Packers achieving their 787th regular season win, a new franchise record and the most in league history. It's crazy and, you know, it's awesome to be a part of most wins in football um, at this level, man. And, and you know, it's really an honor to be a part of the Packers and be a part of that tr- winning tradition, uh, the winningest tradition there is. That's Packers running back A.J. Dillon. In Chicago, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Good to have you. Hey, if you were looking for uh, anything that you're going to be grilling up or serving up uh, this coming holiday season, don't forget about our friends at Robert's Specialty Meats. Robert's Specialty Meats, they have the Al Capone sausage. They have the Al Capone roast. They've got the meat salad that they put together, the ribs on a stick, the chicken skewers, the parm chicken skewers. You can do great steaks, great chops, great fillets, whatever it is you're looking for, tenderloin. Oh, my God, that's so good. Good stuff from our friends at Robert's Specialty Meats. And if you need a ham... He can get you ham. Go order it. Get ready for your Christmas ham. Good stuff from Robert's Specialty Meats Waukesha. Go to Robert's Specialty Meats Waukesha.com. That is Robert's Specialty Meats Waukesha.com. I got to ask this. Ben, why the hell did you want to beat the crap out of Santa over the weekend? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I'm not saying it was part of my roots, but I, I guess I'll let people draw their own conclusions. Okay. No, I was so you know it, it's the holiday time. Everyone's in spirit. I, I was out at a bar here in Madison on Saturday, and it, it's decked out. It has all the decorations, like you were talking about with the bar you were at in Chicago. Right, they had the specialty drinks. Everyone's in the spirit. It, it was great. It was a lot of fun. Around I don't know at eleven eleven thirty, this dude walks in dressed as Santa Claus, and to be honest, I thought he was paid by the bar to entertain people. Because, frankly, that's kind of electric to get this old dude dressed as Santa to come, you know, just mess with people. Sure, Uh, Sure. Turns out that was not the case. He had a couple friends with him as well. And he was, when I say inebriated, that's probably an understatement. Like he was so just one drunk ass Santa walking through the door. Yes. And you feel like you can't really talk crap to him because he's dressed as Santa. 
You know what I mean? Um, right. So so he goes up to the bar and he is just so blatantly disrespectful to everybody, to the bartenders, you know, just yelling stuff at, at the people working behind the bar, asking for a drink. And everyone's at the bar looking at him like, like, dude, what's your what's your problem? So he right. goes on for like 10 minutes. Eventually, he gets kicked out. Um, and my, my first reaction in that scenario, obviously, is I, I wish there was fake snow somewhere hidden in the corner. I would love to pelt right. him with snowballs on his way out. Sure. Because sure. as was the case in 1960 in Philadelphia, there's nothing worse than a super drunk, obnoxious Santa Claus. Absolutely. So I that, can agree with that. I it. wouldn't have minded, uh, you know, tossing tossing the, uh, the the liquid of a beverage drink at him. Like I would if it effect. was a $2 light beer, you know? Right. I, I, yeah. I don't have enough money to just be throwing away the, the drinks I order. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right. So, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, that was my Saturday yeah. night. Now, do you want to say where you were at or not? Uh, a bar in downtown Madison. Okay. Yeah. So Santa comes walking in. Some drunk-ass Santa comes walking into a bar in downtown Madison just wrecking a joint. Just a drunk, obnoxious, fat-ass elf that nobody really wanted around. That finally they had to kick his fake, lame, big, velvet, red-clad ass out the door. Is that a good description of it? Yes, I will. Like, it was a nice, nice. bar. It wasn't just a some it random wasn't your, dump. It wasn't like a college drink and drown. No, very okay. much not. All right. Not that those are bad. It's just that, you know, there's, there's a different feel to those places. No, those places, it's fine if you're an obnoxious, drunk Santa. In this yeah. setting, probably not. Okay. Yeah, that, uh, no, you should never have to witness, I don't care how old you are, the, the drunk, angry Santa. The only time there's a drunk, angry, the, the, the Dan Aykroyd played a drunk, angry Santa in Trading Places when he stole the salmon and was eating it on the bus. I'm trying to think of other drunk, angry Santas. Isn't there a, a movie called Angry Santa or Mad Santa or something like that? Bad Santa? bad santa we saw that okay in the movie but beyond that santa should always be jovial santa should be high if santa's a little hammered that's fine you can say hey take me home i lost my elves you know mrs claus is waiting for me get me home okay santa i'll throw you into a cab i'm good with that i'll throw you into an uber get you home no problem i'll even tip the guy for you good to go but you get an obnoxious drunk ass santa Nah, nobody needs that just nobody needs that at all I forgot to bring that, batteries out. That's where I went wrong. <laughs> I just got that. I had to think about it for a second. <laughs> Being from Philadelphia to throw batteries at Santa. Okay, I got it. <laughs> it's just Plus, it was snowballs at Santa. It was batteries yeah, yeah. at Michael Irvin. Yeah. Get yeah, the story say, right. If it was, uh, was going to be, you know. Yeah, if it was a snowy day, I, I could see Santa being, like, pelted. And drilled quite a few times, just like poo, 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 taking him right in the grill out in front of the bar after just being. Now, was everybody else in the bar pretty much of the same ilk that who is this clown? Get this drunk ass saying out of here. Yes, uh, especially because of the disrespect he showed towards those working behind the bar, yeah. though there was some element of entertainment to it. OK, so he was a funny, obnoxious drunk. But after a while, you're like, OK, this guy's just a jag. Yes, correct. OK. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. So if you were, now was it an old guy? Let me, let me ask you this. Was it an old guy or was it some young guy dressed up like a Santa who was just drunk and out trying to, you know, cause cause havoc? No, old enough where the beard was real and white. Really? Oh, oh yeah. okay. 
Oh, then an old drunk ass Santa. Oh, he was okay. old and drunk. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, see, that's not even that good. You can't even laugh at that. That's like Grandpa when he gets a little goofy. Uh. And you kind of giggle at Grandpa. Once he becomes obnoxious, all you want to do is knock Grandpa down. That's it. Okay, I get it. I'm I good laughed. with that. I'm good with that. It was funny. Good stuff. I laughed. <laughs> all right, we got that out of the way. Yeah. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. Got a lot more to get to. I want to talk a little uh, Badger basketball or Badger uh, football as well. Talk some uh, Brewers. We got a lot more Packers to cover. Phone lines wide open. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Want to hear from you. Whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. 